I know it was a little rainy this morning, and uh, man, it's a, when it's raining like that, just you hear it hitting your roof kind of makes you want to sleep in a little bit, but it'd be all right, but it's the Lord's Day. We got to come to church. So thank you all for being here this morning. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into this. Uh, sort of had something interesting happen to me uh, earlier this week. Um, I was with a group of folks this past Monday. Uh, Monday was 9-11. Uh, anniversary of 9-11, and uh, with a group of folks uh, playing some pickleball, if you must know, um, you know, just with some folks from the community, and uh, not necessarily church people, um, some may be, some may not be, but what was sort of ended up being encouraging is somehow this one particular gentleman just started kind of going off about the condition of our nation. Um, he was really bothered and just vocalizing all this stuff. I could tell there's just something inside of this particular gentleman that just bubbled over and he was just going off bothered and wondering what in the world this nation has gone crazy, he was saying. And then what was kind of neat was others started joining in. Like I said, these were just folks from our community. They started joining in. They all felt the same way, I noticed, to the point, you know, one guy would say something, another guy would agree, then he would say something, to the point that some of them were getting pretty animated over this, this, this shadow that has come over this nation, and they were getting pretty worked up. They were saying things like, what in the world is going on? And, and these people, they were so sick of what is going on in our nation. They're sick and tired of it. And then another guy would walk up and he'd join in and start agreeing with them. It ended up being this, this group of people all lamenting the state of our nation. You know, just there, being there and listening to them. Because I was listening pretty intently. Actually, I was sort of involved in it. And they would bring up the news. They were bringing up the leadership of this nation. They were bringing up inflation, division, and the wokeism. And they had had enough. These people had had enough of it. They're sick and tired of it. They were talking about their electric bills. They were talking about men playing in women's sports. They were talking about grocery prices. They were talking about gas prices. These people were angry. I'm just telling you what I saw and what I heard happen to me earlier this week. They were tired of it all. They're tired of the left is right, right is left, up is down, down is up. They're just sick and tired, and these people were angry. You know, everybody was squabbling back and forth, and finally... One guy who kind of knows me personally, he pointed me and he said, this has something to do with religion. This is a religious problem, Jason, and you know it. And he ended up saying, we need God. We need help. God's got to help us. Amen. Now, what he didn't know was he's messing with a ticking time bomb inside of me. <laughs> I, I practically yelled out, man, I pray every single day for God to have mercy on this nation. For God to, to please show us the way back. Every day I'm calling on God. There's that ticking time bomb. It's in me. It's in you too, isn't it? You feel it inside of you. And these people, many of them are not church. They can feel it too. There's, there's something wrong. Some sort of shadow has crept over the land. And honestly, that little experience ended up being like a little silver lining on the dark storm cloud to me this week because God is shaking things you understand that he's shaking things he's shaking people even unchurched people he's shaking them 
God is allowing all of this crazy stuff to happen. Maybe, just maybe, he's trying to get people's attention. God is trying to save people and he's shaking all that can be shaken. Later on in the week, I've mentioned this to you before many times. I love coming to the sanctuary to pray when there's no one here. And I came over to the sanctuary to pray and I always leave the lights off and there's just something reverent about it and special. And all those things that the, that group was talking about, was just they were in my heart and on my mind. And I came to the sanctuary, just a place of solace, a place where you can be with God. And I realized, you know, what that group of people was saying. I kind of realized why it's stirred something or, or why it was like this ticking time bomb inside of me. It's because the Bible tells us what's wrong with this nation. We can know what's wrong with our nation. We don't have to stand around puzzled going, what is going on? I don't know. I can't figure all this out. If you know your Bible, you can so clearly see when you look through the lens of Scripture, you can know what is wrong with this nation. You don't have to guess at it. If you're a Christian, you shouldn't be scratching your head thinking, what in the world is going on? Where did we go wrong? What happened? You should know if you're a Christian that knows your Bible. You cannot, you cannot turn away from God and expect things to turn out good. You cannot reject God's way, God's paths, His commands, His word, and expect everything to flourish. It does not work that way. You know, when God brought the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt, if you've ever looked around in the book of Exodus or in the book of Deuteronomy, you'll have come across this. God brought his children out of slavery from Egypt, and he was about to bring them into the promised land. You know, we hear that phrase a lot, the promised land. Very fertile, lush land. It would be very plenteous. But as God is just getting ready to bring them into that plenteous land, He gives them a warning. God warns His people because God knows the human heart. He knows the human heart and He knows our tendencies, especially when we are prosperous as this nation has been. Now, I'm going to read a passage of Scripture to you that to me gives me the answer as to why this nation is in the state that it's in, the condition that it's in, the, the sinless, the, the, or the, the sinfulness, the lawlessness that's abounding that we see. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. As I read this, see if this makes sense to you and starts to give you an answer as to what's gone wrong in our nation. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7 says, For the Lord thy God brings thee into a good land. He's talking to his people, the Israelites now. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not let lack anything in it. 
A land whose stones are iron and out of hills, or whose hills thou may dig brass. So this is the Bible's way of giving us an image of a very prosperous land. It's going to be very plenteous. They're going to be blessed. This is the Lord's blessing, the Lord's favor, and he's about to lavish his people with it. Look at verse 10. It says, When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he has given thee. Look at verse 11. It says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. This is a warning from God to his people not to get complacent, not to relax in their prosperity. Do you see any correlations with what we just read and what has happened in the history, the recent history in our nation? Do you see any of it beginning to unfold in this passage? Nice houses, nice cars, nice economies, flourishing businesses. Man, this is great. The blessing of the Lord is upon us. How awesome. But it comes with this warning, the Lord says, it will be good. I am going to bless you. You will be plenteous and prosperous. However, you better be careful because I know the human heart. You'll relax and you'll forget about the one that gave you all those wonderful things. Skip down to verse 17. And thou shalt say in thy heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroyed before your face, talking about the Canaanites, so shall ye perish because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Does that kind of make sense to anyone that maybe, just maybe this is the problem with our nation too? Very prosperous, very plenteous, uh, good soil, Rich in natural resources, excellent economy, huge, tremendous, thriving cities. This is what has happened to our nation. We became prosperous and we flourished. And then we ended up saying, my power in the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. We've turned from God to worship false gods of sports, of money, of power, and of sex. We have turned from God and we worship those things instead of God. And the results are disastrous, brothers and sisters. Here we are, here we are, worshiping these false gods and everything has went haywire. It's all haywire. America 
had become so prosperous that we forgot God. That's the problem. That is the problem. We forgot God. We don't need him anymore. We don't need you anymore, God. We have everything. Prayer meeting. Why? What's the emergency? What's the problem? I got a good house. I got a good family. We're all doing good. My bank account's good. The bills are paid. I got food in the fridge. What's the emergency to pray? Why should I go pray? Read and study my Bible. Why? I'm blessed. Everything is good. America had become so wealthy that we relaxed and we forgot to teach the young generation about God. Why come to church? What's the big emergency? I can miss a few weeks here and there. Kids don't have to be in youth group every week. We forgot our foundation. And now we're reaping what we've sown. And we have multitudes of multitudes of people with no wisdom. No real biblical wisdom. None. They are unchurched and completely devoid of biblical principles. Completely devoid of them. Can you see this? Can you see it, brothers and sisters? The, the people in the community can. People in our surrounding community, they're beginning to see these things. I should hope that Christians see this. Christians ought to know exactly what's going on in our nation. It's just hard to watch, isn't it? It's so hard to watch. What's going on in our nation today, it's so vexing in spirit. Anyone shout amen to that? It's so vexing. It's like a giant weight placed on your back. Like a huge burden laid on one's shoulders that after a while it becomes so heavy. It causes your shoulders to droop and you start to sag under the weight and the oppression of this burden. Is anyone else bothered by the immense godlessness and lawlessness in our land with no accountability? It bothers me so bad. It bothers me. It's vexing. It's vexing to see people steal armfuls of merchandise out of stores and businesses and there's no accountability. It's vexing to see people deface properties and destroy businesses. It's vexing to see large swaths of our cities turned into homeless tent cities filled with drug abuse and human excrement all over the place. It's vexing. You know, you can... I went on a little thing this week where I was looking on YouTube. You can watch. There's people that will drive around in cities and just videotape these things. Pastor Joe played one a month or two ago. They're all over. They're all cities all over the United States. Look like third world cultures. Trash. Heaps and heaps of trash. Rats and packs of dogs running all over the place. It's, it's our nation. In our nation. Once thriving cities and neighborhoods, Detroit has homes you can buy for like a penny or so because they're just completely just ransacked and destroyed. You can look, entire neighborhoods are vacated and there's wild dogs that just run through them. All of our cities, everything that God has ordained has been rewritten by man, hasn't it? 
the design and structure of the home has been rewritten. The function of gender roles has been rewritten. Marriage has been rewritten and is no longer what the Bible says it is. We've redefined it. Sexuality is no longer between a married biological man and biological woman for enjoyment and procreation. No, no, no. You can have unrestrained sexual activity wherever you want and with as many partners as you want. And there's no ramifications. We're liberated from those biblical restraints. Womanhood and manhood have been rewritten. I've preached on all these things. The way we educate our young people has been rewritten. We teach them no real wisdom. Do you realize how offensive this must be to a holy God? It's like, really, it's like saying, excuse me, God, we have a better way than your way. We don't want your way. Take your way and get it out of our face. We got a better system that we've developed than yours. How provoking it must be to him who sits upon the throne of heaven. It is a clear and concise rejection of God and his word. Almost as if it's a declaration of war against God and his Christ. And I tell you, it's, it's also very hard to take. Very difficult. Very difficult. But I don't wonder one little bit about what's going on. I don't wonder one little bit. I know what's going on. My Bible teaches me wisdom to discern the times and the seasons. But it's just also very hard to watch. I'm going to read to you a passage of scripture from Psalms chapter 6. This is a psalm of David. And as I read this, maybe it will reflect the way you feel as it does me. Psalm chapter 6, verse 2. David laments, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak, O Lord. Heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed. But thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee in the grave. Who shall give thee thanks? He goes on to say, I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with tears. My eye is consumed because of grief. It waxes old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. For the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. Do you feel that way too? I feel that way. When I think about the fallen state of this nation, the lawlessness, the sinfulness that's abounding, I feel that way. Deliver my soul, Lord. I'm vexed. My bones are vexed. Boatloads of our big companies, major, major companies have gone woke Department stores, athletic companies, entertainment industries, even beer manufacturers. So many big companies have embraced progressive ideologies that you have to be careful even boycotting them or, after you, have, or you have to weave your own clothes 
Manufacture your own goods. Grow your own crops. All the woke movies bomb at the box office. Every single one of them bombs, but they still keep pumping them out. Still keep putting their agenda in them. Still keep attacking our children through our movies and media. Still keep putting their agenda into it. They all tank. It costs them millions of dollars, but they keep doing it. Ironically, all the faith-based movies are cleaning up at the box office. But they don't care. They're on a mission. Abortion somehow is called health care. Imagine that. Called health care. Brothers and sisters, we, we are experiencing and living out the death of Judeo-Christian values in America. That, that is what the problem is. That is what this is. We have laid this down long ago and not picked it back up. Everything was good. Everything was great. Everything was grand. Put it on cruise control and all systems ahead. We don't need you, God. My wealth. I have done all this. My hand did all this. We created these cities. We created these businesses. And it all vexes me so very much. We are living out the total neglect of the wisdom that the Bible teaches us. Sin, just like the Bible predicts, ironically, is abounding. It is abounding. Lawlessness is abounding. Deceit, deception, division, they're all abounding right in our own very backyards. And it's difficult to cope with, isn't it? It's difficult to deal with. It's difficult to watch. I don't know how many people have come to me telling me, I don't watch the news anymore. Uh-uh. And I understand that. It's not because Christians hate, or at least we shouldn't hate, the LGBTQ folks, we're not permitted to. We're not supposed to hate them. They're not actually the enemy. It's not that we hate the people that run all these woke companies. That's not the Christian way to hate them. It goes against Scripture to hate those, even if they do ruin cities and businesses. They're not even the enemy. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6.12 reminds us, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The battle is a spiritual one. The root of the problem is a spiritual one. The battle is against a spiritual foe. Our enemy walks about seeking whom he may devour. And I tell you, he's devouring large portions of our nation. You know, that man I told you about earlier this week, the, the one that pointed at me said, this has got something to do with religion, Jason, and you know it. This is a religious problem. He's on the right track, brothers and sisters. He's on the right track. 
We have to turn back to God. Churches and pastors have to start teaching and preaching the Bible again. We messed up when we got complacent. When we became rich and when we became prosperous, we stole the glory of His blessing and we said, we did this. We accomplished all this. We built this nation. These are our businesses. We built these cities. This is our economy. We have no need of any help from any higher power. We have no need of direction from God. We have no need for His Word. Look what we did. And we stole the glory of His blessing from Him. But brothers and sisters, as much as I can remind you today, the I am that I am person that the Bible teaches us about, He can cause a lot of problems. He can remove his hand of blessing pretty quickly. And the result of him removing his hand of blessing are things like, oh, I don't know, people thinking men can go into the women's locker room, that that's a good idea. That is the result of God removing his hand of blessing and saying, okay, you don't want me. Okay, you don't got me. Elected officials thinking that defunding the police is a good idea. That, that is a result of God saying, okay, you don't need me. You don't want my word. You think you found another way? Go ahead. Do it your way. Record inflation rates. Devalued dollar. How's it working out for you? Brothers and sisters, we are living out Romans chapter 1. We are living out Romans chapter 1. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's see what Romans chapter 1 says. Verse 28 says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers. Does this not sound like our nation? Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding. That's what happens when you don't teach the Bible. Covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That is what we are living out currently in this nation. And it will only get worse unless the people of God repent. Let me read that verse 28 to you again in the New American Standard Bible. The NASB, that is more of a word-for-word translation from the Greek. Verse 28 in New American Standard says, And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. That is what we see in our nation. This is the problem. This is the problem. Large number of people with depraved minds. Almost as though, like the Bible says, they have a conscience that's been seared with a hot iron. 
reprobate minds, minds that are depraved, minds that are overrun with debauchery, minds that are unreasonable and perverse, minds that are debased, minds that will fight tooth and nail for wicked causes, minds that are senseless, unfeeling, and ruthless. Repetitive rejection of godliness yields people with reprobate minds. And we've got them all over America. We have them in our leadership. We have them running corporations and businesses. Large, multi, multi millions, hundreds of million dollars business. These people are in charge of them. Minds that are reprobate. We have them in our neighborhoods. We have them in our schools. We have them in our universities. They seem to thrive in our universities and colleges. Brothers and sisters, we are experiencing the beginnings of the judgment of God. The the removal of his hand of blessing. You, You know if you tell God, leave you alone, I don't want you, he may just answer your prayers. Be careful to the nation that says that. Church family, listen to me. We have to be real careful not to offend the God of the Bible. It comes with some pretty serious consequences. He can cause a whole lot of misery. He can cause a whole lot of destruction. He can make things real, real difficult if we keep poking and provoking him. So what do we do? What do we do? Is it hopeless? We've made God mad? Are you saying that we're all toast now? The ship has struck an iceberg and we're all going down. And I've had that attitude at times. I have. I've had that attitude. I've had that exact prayer with God many a times. I think back at the Titanic. You know, we we know that it, it struck an underwater iceberg. And they came and they knew it's going down. It's going down. And I've told the Lord, Lord, that reminds me of our nation. We've struck an iceberg because we've rejected you. We've struck an iceberg and we went our own direction. We didn't go your way. And you said, don't go that way. We did and we've struck an iceberg. We collided with it. Now the ship's going down. Lord, is it my lot in this life to go down with them? I fear you. I believe in you. I preach about you. I try to live for you. That's not what I'm saying. That doesn't have to be our lot in life. If if Pastor Joe has preached this once, he's preached it a thousand times. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Pastor Joe's preached that so much, it's memorized about everybody here. Do you know that God, the God of the Bible, he's what's called a covenant God. He's a God of covenant. More or less, that means he's going to stick to what's written. He's going to stick to the plan. He's going to stick to the bargain that he agreed to. He's a covenant God. He's a God that's going to stick with what's written in his word. 
We must humble ourselves before a mighty God, especially His people. The world, the people that are lost, the ones we usually get angry at and get mad at, they're going to keep doing what they're going to keep doing. It's the people of God that's God saying, hey, you people have to turn, repent. We must humble ourselves before a mighty God. Because I believe, take that, scratch that, I know, I know that if God's people do that, the Bible tells me, the Bible promises me that God will forgive us. He will forgive us. He'll forgive their sin. First of all, He'll hear from heaven. He'll forgive our sin. And then He will heal our land. The threefold reaction from God, the covenant God, who if it's written, he will stick to what's written. Churches have to turn back to fearing God. we got to turn back to fearing God. We can't just live however in the world we want to. We have to live as though we're afraid of the God of the Bible's ability and capabilities of doling out judgment. We have to live that way. As though, I don't think we should do this because it may just offend him. We have to live that way. Pastors have to turn back to preaching the word. Congregations have to turn back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because if we do, we serve a God that will forgive the genuinely repentant. I want to read to you another psalm. If I can ask the, the band to make their way back, please don't tune out just yet. This, this psalm gives me hope. Now, I, I know we, every last one of us in here, if you have an ounce of discernment, you can see the judgment of God going on in this nation. God is giving us the leaders we said we wanted. He, he's pulling his hand of blessing back. His favor is no longer with us. Cities are on decline. Drug rampants. You, have you seen this fentanyl drug and what it's doing in this land? Slaughtering people by the tens of thousands. They're, they're taking these horse tranquilizers now. It's unbelievable. Giant parts, portions of cities are, are like these tarp tent cities. God is removing his hand of blessing because we've pushed his hand of blessing away. We told him we, we didn't want it. But listen to this. This should give you hope. It gives me hope. Psalms 103 verse 8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide. He will not always rebuke us. Neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passes over it, and it's gone. 
and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. We've made God mad. We've told him to get lost. But if we repent and we invite God back into our churches, back into our families, back into our marriages, if we invite him back, he will come back. Because he knows we're man, we're but dust. We're here today and gone tomorrow. He won't always rebuke us. He won't always keep his anger against us forever. If we ask mercy, he'll give us mercy because he's plenteous in it. God is willing to restore. God is willing to redeem. God is willing to heal. He doesn't enjoy punishing and judging us. We chose that, not him. God sent Jesus, his son, to save us, not to condemn us. God is willing to save. God would rather save. God would rather restore. But we have to choose that. But it's the people of God that have to humble themselves and repent. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Here's what we'll do this morning, just before we close. I thought maybe we could make a little thing of it this morning. If, if this at all stirred something in your heart, if, if you feel this way this morning, if it's, if it's all so hard to watch to you, I'm going to ask you to come stand down here in the altar. Find yourself a spot. And, and as the band plays, we'll, we'll repent. Just be, find yourself a spot. Come stand, kneel, whatever you want to do. Repent and invite God back into your marriage. Invite Him back into your home. Invite Him back into our churches. Invite Him back into our prayer meetings. Invite Him back if this means anything to you. If it's all so sad, if you feel that burden weighing on your shoulders, causing you to slump down if you're discouraged, remember the Lord is plentiful. He's merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always rebuke, neither will He keep His anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens is high above the earth, so great is His mercy towards them that fear Him. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Let's ask the Lord this morning to heal our land. Hallelujah.